Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, if he was a scarab, I'd let him infect me. It's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, sir? What an intro. Um, infecting all those across the land, only if you activate me properly. Uh, cool. We are here to discuss Blue Beetle. Um, and mm. man, uh, it doesn't feel like it's time for another comic book movie but here we are but never ends it, it never does it, it's and i used that used to be a good thing <laughs> and i don't know that it, not not even not even commenting on this movie just like no, no. there's so many there's so many and it, there's no end in sight because all of the ones that come out have like well we've got eight sequels planned and it's like oh, oh god um let's just do one at a time and even, even wikipedia can't make its mind up it says this is the 14th installment of the dc eu yet it also then later goes on to say actually it's the first kind of first entry into the dcu which is the gun saffron uh, new um universe even if it isn't which the first my understanding one that, yeah yeah so um but then also it goes on to say they it's also could be a standalone it is part of the the gun dcu but it's also positive it is a standalone but I know what you mean. Too much of something doesn't always equate to quality unless the films are quality. But uh, we'll get to the film shortly. But uh, how are you, JB? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing my part. It's uh, unbelievably hot here right now. And that's what we uh, do here in Florida. We just stay hot. But that um, I can understand. About, yeah, I mean, um, how about you over there? Uh, is it is everything cool and kosher over in um in jolly old england in blighty with our with our english muffins when i'm looking at the it's 67 degrees fahrenheit at the minute but um apparently according to windows tomorrow's temperature is going to tie the record high for august the 23rd so we are also going to be pretty hot over here i do fancy an english muffin now and like we said off air earlier on well i am english yet we still refer to him as an english muffin because i can't in all good faith get up in the morning and say oh, i'm gonna have a muffin for breakfast because the back is something in the back of my head says no no save that for later fatty you can have that you're not having that for breakfast but um yeah jb sent me a um voluptuous image of some muffins you did get the muffins didn't you oh i already had the muffins i was just like okay. i was sitting there this morning and i was looking at the english muffins and i was like I wonder if matt calls them english muffins and so i had to send the picture um I it's do. one of those dumb american things i do on occasion where i'm just like ah Hey, you over there? How do you call things? And you know, um, <laughs> I've done the same. I've I've sent JB images from the uh, the American sort of sweet candy soda section we have in certain. I use that terminology because that's what the shops call it uh, in in certain stores over here. And and some of the things you'll say I, it, previously, you said, "Yeah, that's ours." No idea what that is, though. So uh, yeah, yeah, beware, guys. Yeah, but you know, I've I've had English muffins my whole life. Obviously, uh, McDonald's kind of go to original sandwich for breakfast is the egg McMuffin. Um, and but even there, you don't call it an English muffin when we order it's McMuffin, right? So, yes. um, just like I was kind of staring off in the space, drinking my coffee and looking at the package, and I was like, I wonder, English, Matt, I wonder, uh, yeah. And so the picture was sent. Um, but, you I know, know an that's, English that's, out there. We need, I guess I needed more coffee. Uh, but, you know, uh, it is interesting that it is still called English muffins. Um, I don't know if they are uh, – are, do they – I don't know. We're not going to get into the origins of English muffins on the podcast. But I am <laughs> curious. I haven't done any research. I don't know if they started there. Like, why are they English muffins and not just muffins? And why are muffins a thing? 
He, he wasn't good enough. Often. Yeah, like the language is dumb. And that's, I guess, kind of the fixation that I fall into. It's like, we, we make weird choices with language. Obviously, the big the big difference that we, you and I have had long conversations about is biscuits and scones. Yeah. Um, obviously, Americans, will, especially Southern Americans, when we say biscuits, we have a very specific thing in mind. You think cookie to us. Yes. Uh, and it's, you know, and scones are our biscuits. And we have different scones that are triangle shaped for some reason. Um, you know, it's I like all of it. I like carbs. They're not good for us, but they they sure are tasty. Uh, Come on, too many who, doesn't carbs, want st- who doesn't want a stodgy breakfast muffin? Um, just before we move on, then there we go. Google's telling me now why is it called an English muffin, JB? According to HarryandDavid.com, the English oh. muffin, as many Americans know it, is the brainchild of British expat Samuel Bath Thomas, who, in 1874, emigrated from his homeland of Plymouth in the United Kingdom to the United States. So that doesn't give me any answers whatsoever. I think it's because it's something to do with a different yeast by the looks of it. But ah. but you haven't come for this. Listen, I've now told nope. you that some of the American uh, and English treats that you get on either side of the border, uh, either side of the Atlantic, sorry, aren't authentic. But what is authentic is our opinions on film. What a, what a segue that is. And that's what we're about to give you <laughs> this week. If you're new to the show, welcome. We talk about things other than food, but we do like a bite to eat. Uh, on this main show that you're listening to right now, we deliver non-spoiler thoughts and opinions on the latest release of the week, the biggest one, most interesting, or in some cases, the only release of the week. And then uh, in most cases, we drop a short spoiler minisode in a few days' time on the same feed. So tonight, we're going to be dropping a non-spoiler review of the 14th film in the DCEU, or the first in the DCU, whatever you want it to call it. Of course, we're talking about Blue Beetle. Uh, the next in line in the DC stable. Uh, Blue Beetles, directed by Angel Manuel Soto and written by Gareth Dunnett's Alcocer and the cast. Uh, the initial cast reads uh, Zolo Marin Duena, Bruna Marquezine, Becky G, Damian Alcazar, George Lopez and Adriana Baratha. Now, we don't give spoilers, but we are going to read the synopsis, which says... An alien scarab chooses college graduate uh, Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the teenager with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. Um, now, is superhero fatigue a thing? According to uh, the the Marvel's director, Nia DaCosta, it is. But let's see how it's doing with fans and critics. Rod Tomatoes. Critically, this stands at 76%. The audience, though, much kinder with 92%. Metascore yeah. has a fairly decent 61. Uh, the IMDb score out of 10 is 6.8. And Letterbox is 3.3 out of 5. And it's now available to watch in theatres and theatres only. And like we always say, if you sometimes even if we don't like the film we'll still say go and support um, cinemas and theatres by going to watch the film if you can go and check it out do so and help fund theatres and keep them alive now um, as we say we give non-spoiler thoughts and opinions on this but I'll just quickly jump in I'll throw it over to you as well JB in terms of the DCEU the dying embers of and the idea of a DCU the DCEU had all the potential in the world to be excellent but for me they fumbled it by just trying to be Marvel too quickly Whereas Marvel took 10 years and 18 films or whatever to build up to Infinity War with, with its 
with its collection of superheroes together, we went from a couple of films before we got the Justice League and didn't really have enough time to sit with them. So some of the like Man of Steel has good moments in it. I do I don't you know it and then it devolves into what it does at the end. I think the ideas in it are pretty good. Uh, and there are good films sprinkled throughout the DC EU. I don't know if I'm willing to say that there are any great films in there, but yeah. it has it has seemingly come to a bit of a kind of a damp squib of an ending with uh, the Flash and the news that Aquaman two is still coming out, but it's been pushed. Uh, I'm starting to kind of worry about that film now. Then they're never going to can it because of how much it costs, but just doesn't fit right for me to just release that after this film. So the DCU was. I love the idea of it because, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all these cool characters and the Flash, and they, these are cool characters that you can do a lot with. It didn't work for me. The potential was lost, I think. The DCU now has a chance to uh, obviously wipe that slate, slate clean or, according to James Gunn, partially clean because there will be certain crossover, which, again, I do not agree with. But um, we're getting new superheroes or we're getting existing ones in different uh, in different uh, aspects we're getting superman but we're not getting the origin story similar with batman we're getting batman but it's a different batman uh also to the one that our pats robert pattinson is portraying but we're also getting swamp thing we're also getting supergirl and we're also getting blue beetle that's what excites me the most jb before i even think about the f- giving any thoughts on the film it's the idea that like the mcu with iron man and thor that they are t- to me anyway as a non kind of hardcore they're taking these characters which don't always jump out the page to me like Blue Beetle and, 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 and Swamp Thing, and putting them front and centre alongside their core heroes. Now, I'm excited about that. I just wish it was more of a clean slate rather than a almost clean slate. But um, yeah. DCU, what are your kind of overall thoughts on it now that's pretty much got dead and gone? And do you, uh, can the DCU reach the potential that uh, DC has? Um, I mean, I... I agree with almost everything you said uh, i don't think there's a great movie uh if there is one i think it would be gun suicide squad good show um that's the one that really resonated the most um and it's essentially just because gun did dc's guardians like in the in the storytelling and the the he definitely gets misfit characters better than most storytellers um and that you know building a family from nothing which is a theme he's kind of explored in many of his his films and um I, I obviously love the DC characters outside of the yeah. movies. Those have been my favorite comic characters as much as I love Spider-Man. And as much as I always loved the X-Men as a kid, partly because of both of those had animated series that were prominent when I was a kid. Um, I wasn't a big Marvel fan and, and uh, outs, you know, outside of those. And I was aware of Iron Man and I was aware of Captain America, but I always thought they were just kind of lame. And it wasn't until the <laughs> MCU that really made me appreciate those characters on, on a big level and the opposite effect happened with DC where I'm like, Oh, what did, what have you done to my Batman? You know, yeah. um, Batman doesn't kill people. Zack Snyder. Like those are things that like are fundamental elements of the character that you've just thrown out the window. Um, and you know, there's a lot, uh, they're, they're mishandling of all the things. The, the, we have the one shots that they're doing, which does feel like a comic book. And there is a place for that in comic books. So there, there has to be a place for that in cinema, Mm-hmm. Yep. but it's it's the the way in which things were brought to us and delayed and then movies made and then taken away like we'll never see the batwoman movie whether it's good or bad it, it was made and then vanished like things like that are hard to ignore um in the overall practice so 
you would think with Gunn coming in with the other guy, Saffron or whatever his name is. Um, uh, yeah, Peter Saffron. They would wipe it clean. Like you said, like start over. Let's cut our losses and start from scratch. And the way in which Blue Beetle falls in between two movies that are irrelevant, keeping in mind the all the Gail Gadot stuff that was happening while Blue Beetle was about to come out, her claiming they were working on Wonder yeah. Woman 3, and then that being shut down. It's like, who knows what anything's happening at Warner Brothers? Everything feels like chaos. Um, and this character in the in uh, Young Justice, the animated series that you can watch on HBO Max or Max, the one you watch for HBO, whatever the stupid name of that, another example of WB fumbling idiots everything they have um a, a legendary studio we're watching just act like a bunch of noobs it, it's so frustrating um but you uh it, it feels like a disservice to this character that i think injustice really shows how cool he is um and that, that's not to say the movie's bad but to to cram him in between the flash and and a sometime coming aquaman 2 yeah okay, come on when he's not part of that story it's going to throw off fans it's also going to i think hurt its box office which despite headlines like spouting that this this dethrones barbie it's like yeah based on box office Four weeks at number one is not normal anyway. So any movie could have dethroned Barbie a month later. Yeah. No offense to Barbie nor Blue Beetle. Like movies don't usually stay number one for four weeks. Anyways. And when we say dethrone, barely Blue Beetle's box office is not something we would generally be like, oh, look at this outside of the one detail that Barbie for the first time isn't number one. It's like, yeah, but Blue Beetle should have been way higher because it has a, it should have a built-in comic book fan audience, but because comic book burnout is real, mm-hmm. that is down. DC is down in general, proof in the flash that should have been a high box office movie for a been. big blockbuster was not. So now your, your August release, what a shock isn't doing, you know, gangbusters. And then you have the first Latino family superhero movie. And it's not drawing that audience because of all of those other factors I just listed. I think more so than anything, you know, it, it's a shame because I think the character is interesting. I think there's good performances here. Obviously, we still haven't really talked about this movie, but I do think that this movie was set up to struggle when it should be a, a box office juggernaut. Really, like a, a DC movie in the in August when there's not a. I mean, to be fair, there were two other movies that came out alongside of this. Both of those also did not do well. Um, but a, a superhero movie in August with a new character, a character that's exciting, the visuals in the trailer you know, are interesting. Um, it should be a success story, and I think DC is going to have another failure story, and that's, that's a shame. Because, again, without commenting on my thoughts on the film, just the way things have played out, it doesn't look like this is going to be what it probably needed it to be, which is a huge financial success to show that there is still hope for DC. Right now, it feels like maybe they should just scrap the whole thing and and just let the Pattinson movie, let the Joker thing happen and then walk away for a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah. That's not what they're going to do. Yeah, Warner, Warner Brothers need goodwill. And look, uh, even Blue Beetle coming out and being a billion dollar smash wouldn't necessarily give them any goodwill in terms of the the, the idiots in chief at the top. But as a company, like, they need wins, 
and Blue Beetle in, in August uh, with all of the reasons you mentioned, especially the uh, representation of Latino families for the first time leading a superhero film. You know, you, you, you'd hope that you could get your message across to those particular demographics to, to draw them out so they can see themselves on screen. But we're looking at about $44 million worldwide after the first week, which isn't uh, it, let's know let's not like it's a it's a bad return as of now but then you could also say it is an unknown character and with everything going on like you said with the flash that didn't do well and the general fatigue are people just would people rather go and see a new batman film because it's batman when well, everybody loves batman if it was if this was uh, a spider-man film would it be open into 45 million? I don't think so. I think we have that built in fan relationship, which you don't have with blue beetle. And I think that could come down to the marketing um, yeah. as well. But for me, JB, uh, yeah. For So for a film that had everything set up to be a win, which had all these cool uh, ideas in place and the marketing has been, has been very colorful, been very retro. It's got a very eighties retro wave vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly for me, JB, the film just didn't do enough to separate itself from, many other superhero films and it just felt a little bit ho-hum to me um i don't think it's a bad film uh but i do think it's weighed down heavily by the a second act which really does meander on and on for a two hour seven minute runtime um and by the end it just felt it this is what i get burnt out by superhero films because by the end it just felt like every other film you have again without any spoilers you have your big cgi battle i understand there's going to be cgi you that isn't have, necessarily yeah. the complaint but it just it just becomes so overwhelming it, it, the spectacle is lost and it becomes too much for kind of like cluster mess in my eyes um the characters i think the characters are fine you know the villains i'll say that now susan sarandon god bless her uh, I, I'm very much a fan of her, but I, I think the villains are, are particularly very good. There, we get motivation certainly for one of them, uh, and a, and uh, a reason for events happening as they do or transpire for one of the villains. But overall, I think they are quite weak. And um, Zolo Mar- uh, Maradona, I hope I'm saying his name correct. Um, he is a he's very charismatic. He brings a lot of charm to the role of um Jaime Reyes I think he's um I think he's very good in the role I don't think the character is a little bit flat I don't think the character is the most appealing of um kind of lead uh superhero teens I think it's nothing to do with the actor I think he's I think he's good I think he brings a lot of um chutzpah to the role but none of the characters really stood out and I think where the film actually worked better for me is actually when they when they do just sit back and sh- and lean into the Latino-ness of the film, when you've got the family around the table and they're having a joke, having, having fun, they are, they are loud, they're brash at times, but it feels, it felt more authentic. And I think that was for me at odds with the, the spectacle that the film at times did deliver and at times didn't. And also the emotion that for me didn't really hit very hard because I wasn't invested in in the characters and i also think the messages throughout there are messages here obviously like we say there's rep- latino representation so there are messages here about uh latinos um history in america and the how they are treated and how they are how their talents are used for for their for, for their oppressors if you would if you, if you could be so bold as to say but i don't think the film really dives as much into that as possible i think there's 
I use this phrase sometimes. I think the director and the, and the screenwriter are keeping those messages at arm's length a little bit so as not to weigh down what is otherwise a, a fun, colourful superhero film. I think they kind of want to acknowledge that they're there. Look, you know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about you know the, the oppression and um, and how capitalism capitalism has has, has you know really uh, damaged our, our our culture over the decades and centuries. But I don't think they want to dive too far into it. Now, don't say this. They're not, they're not scared of backlash. Maybe they are. I don't think they are. I just think they wanted to create something fun and accessible whilst also having a bit of a a deeper core to it. And I don't think they quite got to the root of what they wanted to get to as well as maybe I'd hope they would. I wish, John, that they'd stripped this back a little bit more and given us more with the family. I do like the scenes with with um, Jaime as Blue Beetle and especially the initial transformation scene. I think that's done very well. I think... Um, James Gunn and the and the gang and the directors once said they wanted to kind of give us a David Cronenberg for kids effect. Mm. That's their words, not mine, verbatim. And I think that's quite cool, and I, I did enjoy that. So there, I, I I liked the I liked the uh, the the charisma of our lead character. I liked some of the visuals. I liked that they went for something a bit more upbeat than what we're used to in the yes. DC world for sure. But I just it, the film just didn't stick to that. It didn't differentiate itself enough it wasn't unique enough for me to to stand out and say yes this is going to get me out of my superhero funk before we get into uh, the marvels and aquaman 2 but i didn't dislike it i just it, it, for me it was you know it, it was above average but not much more i, I kind of wanted a bit more and guess what john mm-hmm. for me it was a bit too long but um what about you because i have it, no idea yeah. what you think about this so i um i i, I think the biggest problem with the movie is the script uh Mm -hmm. i think it's it both tries to do too much and then also forgets like fundamental script writing like the second act that you mentioned if we're following like the save the cat formulaic script writing should be fun and games and these are the the moments where the hero gets the powers and learns how to use the powers and and does cool stuff right that's when we're like yeah that's the fun part and at some point the reality of being a hero sets in and the hero has to fight back and figure out like is this really what i want to do this movie just forgets that like we don't really get a lot of that. Like Jaime doesn't actually learn how to do anything. The suit itself does, which you could make an easy comparison to venom, right? It's an alien symbiote there. It's got that symbiotic host thing. You have a similar style of the, uh, it has an inner voice that he's talking to that no one else can hear. So there's that venom dynamic as well. Um, this movie wants that to be part of it, but it does not give it in a way that is like, this is, I don't think Venom's a, a great movie. I think Venom was entertaining because of Tom Hardy and, and the symbiote yes. only the first one, but like they wrote that dynamic really well. This movie is hoping that we just shorthand the dynamic and that we'll get it when it, there's supposed to be a payoff. And it's like, you didn't set that up. Mm-hmm. Like you did nothing to earn any type of catharsis at catharsis by the end of the film and i feel like that's this whole thing like personal pet peeve i think george lopez is doing way too much in this movie that's a personal thing i like him in some things and often i feel like he's too much he's he always feels like he's putting on a performance to me and honestly if you look at the costuming of every other character in the family even this is in the trailer nana holding a giant gun feels more natural than anything George Lopez brings to this movie. 
that's a pet peeve. That's a personal thing. Fine. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all of the writing stuff, it, it, it feels it is, it is, there's so much going on. It is a amalgamation of Venom and Fast and the Furious and Fast and Furious because of the family dynamic. Um, nothing's more important than family. Obviously, many movies have used that as a as a something for stakes, right? But we, we've gotten to the point now where Fast and the Furious is the most ubiquitous because they just keep saying the word family and that's all we need. Um, this mm-hmm. kind of takes on some of that. The villain, it does have a bit of a villain problem, partly because Blue Beetle's already kind of unknown to a lot of people. I knew the character. I have no idea what his villain's stable is, and they don't do enough to really give us a reason to be interested in the villain. Um, it, it is, again, without getting into too many of the the, the tropes, it, it, it hits a lot of the tropes that comic book... I'm sorry, I don't want to spoil the movie is what I mean, so... Yeah. I'll just say that there's a lot of tropes in this film. But but all of that said, all of the negative things out of the way, even though I, I also agree with you, Matt, it does it feels long. At points, I'm like, we could trim a lot of this out. Um, it's still because it's not a dour DC film. It's not just angry, you know, yeah. unhappy villains that we or unhappy heroes that we saw through most of the franchise. It was kind of refreshing. Um, and one of the, uh, I don't think these are my words, but the stakes, um, the world is not in danger. Like there is a potential threat to the world being in danger long-term, but really this is a very personal story. It's very small scale. It is Jamie versus, or Jaime, sorry, versus these other people mm-hmm. who, again, we're avoiding spoilers. So I'm not getting into specifics, but that was also refreshing to have a movie, especially in the DC universe where like Suicide Squad is like, these are criminals with very minimal powers who are used instead of soldiers because they're expendable. Yeah. They're going to save the world from a, you know, like, it's like, why don't they just stop a bank heist? Like, that's what they should do. Like, that's their job is to like, you know, stop something small, not save the world. That's too much. And in the, in Suicide Squad, it starts off with what I just said, and then it escalates, but it makes sense in the escalation why they're, why they're there. This this film pulls back a bit, and that's nice, because it, it, it doesn't need to always be the world. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right? That's what, that's what everyone's complaint has been about the Spider-Man Tom Holland series, is he isn't the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's been off running around gallivanting with Tony Stark. Like, he's the world Spider-Man. And the rumors have been, if they continue that route, we're going to get that smaller story. So I was, it was exciting to see that happen here. Um, they're afraid to take this type of budget and do a small story and not make it a nuclear bomb or a Death Star or, you know, like those type of situations. And yet still, it still feels like not enough of an original film. But I have way, I, I enjoyed it far more than it sounds like i think is the important thing i do think it's 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 funny at times um as you noted zolo uh i i do think is it's probably not i don't know how to say his name i feel terrible we should have looked it up but um he is charming i i watched most of cobra kai i haven't i don't think i've seen the final season um and he's he's great in that most of the time but it does often feel like he is trying to be more and it's it's a performance that it's okay to have a performance feel, but sometimes it is like 
when some things feel very organic and natural and then other things feel like he's really forcing, like there's a few times where he screams and it feels a little much. And it's like, uh, I don't know, but that could, again, that might just be a preference thing for me. But um, I, I do think there was sh- uh, shinings of, of hope and good faith. Um, and yet it's still, I, I'm so worried of what this could do to the future of both the character and the franchise, because it does feel like, more of an afterthought than a a setup movie like it, it this feels so rushed with its release and when they've released it and why now and again the script even feels like a, maybe like it was it needed another pass to trim some stuff out and tighten some things up and really go what is our focus is it about him and the alien is it about him and the family are these two things the same because it doesn't it doesn't feel like the movie's really grappling with those as one thing as much as it feels like separate storylines that just don't get enough attention throughout so uh overall not not negative but definitely see a lot of a lot of room for improvement i will tell you right now uh jonathan burke of burkreviews.com i did not expect i I didn't expect to be on a similar wavelength um i I don't expect you to uh, as listeners know of this six-year-old show whatever it is now that yeah, we don't just blindly like things, but I was watching this thinking, I, I, you know, I was thinking, I, I imagine, I bet JB's getting more out of this than I am, and not for any other reason either, not, or not because of any kind of uh, intellect reason, like oh, you, you dumb Americans or anything like that, um, as John would say. Let me just play that now. Um, I just thought, I don't know, I could, I could just see it playing more to to the things that you like from this genre, but so it's quite uh, refreshing to know that. Uh, it's not just me being the curmudgeon because I did think, oh no, because we'll all, both of us will always only ever be honest. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to come on and say, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And I was expecting you to say, do you know what? I thought it was a fun, effervescent romp. So uh, yeah, I'm quite glad to hear that, but uh, I respect uh, what you said. But I think we both took that part away. It is, there is fun here. There's fun to be had. And there is, um, you know, it, it's not to say that like, movies don't have to be perfect obviously and that's just it i'm i would say three stars maybe maybe three and a half if i'm being real kind but i want this to keep going like i don't want this to like i'm not mad at this movie i don't wish this was you know different even again the george lopez stuff there were moments where he still made me laugh even if overall i wasn't vibing with his character and and to be fair to lopez too i i also think they wrote the character a little extreme as far as him being like a conspiracy nut like it, it felt like a stere- like not a stereotype of of Latina la- Latin reasons, but like a stereotype as in this archetype of character has been overdone. Yeah. Um, and there are like you you mentioned the look has eighties vibe. There's some throwback eighties movie vibe in this mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah, good show. Um, and and uh, I don't know if that makes sense because it does feel like there's um uh, there's a really cool reference to del toro by the way guillermo del toro um and only real cinephiles are going to get it because it's del toro's first film is called Cronus, and uh there is nana is flipping through the channels and it freezes on <gasps> the spanish object chef. yes yeah um and i was like i'm like that's that's a del toro nod right like what what is that and obviously it looks like the scarab in the movie so i think uh i think An- angel manuel soto is obviously I, I mean, film people are going to like Del Toro anyways. And then uh, what Del Toro has done for uh, Latin films and making it a little more mainstream and bringing it to American audiences that otherwise would not list, watch a movie with subtitles. 
um, I think there's definitely a nod there. But you wouldn't expect uh, I'm to like, see it in a comic book. I wouldn't expect to see that reference well, in a comic book. And film. it's 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 a pretty obscure film. I mean, like again, it's not one like mainstream audiences are going to know Cronus. Like most people are just gonna be like, well, a gold bug, or or not even acknowledge what it was on the screen. And I'm like, that's a hundred percent from Cronus. And like I, I immediately Googled this show. My friend uh, David, editor of Book Reviews, was with me. And I'm like, and he has never seen Cronus. I'm like, look at this, and he's like, well, yeah, that's that. I'm like, yeah, nerd. It's, it's from Del Toro. It's like, yeah, exactly. I'm sitting here like nerding out, like, oh man, Del Toro reference. Um, I've seen all of those movies, but he's saying, watch, yeah. watch the film, John. Sorry, dude. I'll just, I just got to mention this before I forget, only because it, 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 this is what grinds my gears the most, JB, about a film like Blue Beetle, which, for all the reasons you said, was set up for success. By the end of the year, no one's going to be talking about Blue Beetle. It's not a film that's going to have a a footprint or a legacy, whether culturally or a pop culture, or just, I don't think, even in film in 2023, let alone this decade or anything else. It just feels like a film that's going to, by, by the time we get to the next superhero film or the next pretend pole release, that Blue Beetle will be so far in the rearview mirror, and I, I don't like having to say that because you know it's, it's you know, kicking a film a little bit. But I do feel that it's it had the chance. Listen, I, I don't want to compare this to something like Black Panther for that cultural representation and kind of lightning in a bottle effect that that film had. But like, I look at Blue Beetle and thinking that there was a chance here to be something more than it was. I think, like you said as well, that it could have been, but it you know it's out, it, there was there's room to improve. I just it is it just kind of makes me feel a bit more frustrated that. Yeah, by the end of the year, I think this will be a footnote in most people's thoughts about 2023. When it, even if it wasn't people uh, your your favorite film of the year, it had a chance to leave some kind of resonance, and I don't think it has done. And that is the most disappointing and and yeah. unforgivable thing in a way as well for a film which had it had it set up to to do quite well. I think. I agree. Uh, do, anything else you want to add on Blue Beetle then before we move on, my friend? Um, no, I think I'm, I've said all I can say uh, again over, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm harping on all the negative things. It's, it's one of those movies where the negatives are, I feel so obvious that it's, yes. it's frustrating that they're still there. Like, it's like a lot of people have their eyes on this before it, it comes out. Why can't we tighten these little things up and really, you know, focus in on it? Because, I do think uh, it's a disservice to the the franchise. It's a disservice to all the actors and the director. Um, if it's not, if the the errors or the mistakes or the the choices even um, are so glaringly problematic in those film fundamental ways, and it, it's not reinventing anything, it's not adding anything. It's just spinning its wheels through the the genre that has been, you know, done to death at this point. Yes, we need something new, and maybe the DCU can still provide that. But uh, the jury is out. But I don't want—I don't want to lump that all on Blue Beetle's shoulders. But as you've just heard, John and myself, um, kind of on the fence somewhat. I think John JB may be slightly more up on it than I am. But if you get a chance to go and watch it, at least support theaters and go and watch the film. Uh, but as you know, it'll be on some—it'll be on Max or something in the next couple of weeks or months. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Anyway, but we'll, we'll be back with a, a short mini-sode with our spoiler thoughts in a few days' time. But let's move on now to our next segment, which we call Chuffed Headlines. Uh, here, John and myself, we take a movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention for any reason, and we share it with each other and all of you guys as well. So, John, what headline has piqued your interest this week? Well, I picked this one specifically for you because you I know mm. how much you love when movies go extra long. Um, and <laughs> Thank you. The 10th film of the Saw franchise, Saw X, I guess that's accurate. It's, they're calling it Saw 10. I don't, I don't know actually why. know if that's with Jigsaw and, and it is. Spiral. So, Saw 3D is a seventh. Then you've got okay. Jigsaw and then Spiral, which would be eight and nine. Got it. Um, and now number X uh, or 10, you know, because we're just throwing all those naming conventions out the windows. Thanks a lot, Fast and Furious. And um, this will be the longest one in the franchise um clocking in at just under two hours so it's still under two hours matt so that helps but it is now literally just under i think it is uh one hour and 58 minutes or 118 minutes however you want to say it um so just barely under the two hours but the longest in the franchise because clearly what everyone's been clamoring for is not only another saw movie but more of it when it comes out so uh matt does the runtime make you fear uh john kramer it's john kramer right that's right it is yeah it just the, the the film itself just makes me fear just going to the theater because pretty much all of the saw films past maybe three have been ass they've just not been great and i've just been looking spiral was an hour and 33 minutes jigsaw was an hour 31 minutes saw seven slash saw 3d i think had chester bennington as well uh, rest in peace that was an hour and 30 minutes that is your ceiling for a saw movie and it isn't even a tolerance for the kind of torture porn or whatever you want to call it um gore got the gore porn it's just what can you what can you do i don't know again without knowing the story of saw x i don't think it's going to be uh the latest zodiac or something but uh kind of level of film but without knowing the story what can you do for two hours john and i do go on about yeah. run times because that you you get those golden films sometimes where it is two hours so sorry two and a half hours two hours 40 minutes but it doesn't feel it because it uses its runtime wisely. And well, I know we like to joke about it, and I'll be the first. I've just done it about Blue Beetle. If I see a film that's three hours long, of course I'm going to have apprehension about it. But it depends on what film it is. Something like Oppenheimer. I yeah. With the given the subject matter and obviously Nolan, but given the subject matter, there is more argument for that to be that long. But then you get someone like Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll mention that shortly as well. Being nearly four hours long. He, doesn't need to be that long and then you watch it and think well actually maybe it did but then you get something like, like saw x which is two hours long and no it did i haven't even seen the film i'm telling you right now it doesn't need to be uh doesn't need to be this long i don't care it may maybe the first hours is going to be them trying to explain how the goddamn hell tobin bell is coming back in this i don't know where in it's the timeline it works it is a prequel um have right. you not watched the trailer uh well no, because okay, <laughs> I'm just not interested. Yeah. And I love horror um, films. You know how much I, I love horror films. I did watch the trailer for this. It is a prequel, um, to the at least to the first movie. Um, Open Bill looks so him. much older. They can't just put a backwards cap on him again. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, it's what it's it's like almost uh, almost twenty and years. Yeah, since yeah, 20, 20, um, one, 22 years, something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, but my understanding is it's his diagnosis with cancer. Um, yes. which is what sets up and then him being mad at the system 
uh, and that's like starting. Like, I think it's not the first kill, but it's like it's kind of leading up to like the kill that we've seen in Saw. Like, I think that's the way the trailer plays. Now, you never know because they. Kill. Oh, geez. Uh, which was another example of them waiting way too long to do the sequel. <laughs> yeah. uh, d- I, like- I, I picked up that Blu-ray. Uh, when I, I went to HMV on my lunch break today and I saw that. And I don't know why, what made me p- want to pick it up. Oh, I didn't buy it off in first kill. But I wanted to see how much they were charging. And it was like £6, about about 8 bucks, um, which is fairly cheap for a newish Blu-ray. And I looked yeah. in the back of it and I was like, God damn, Isabel Furman, who, and, you know, Isabel yeah. Furman's an attractive lady, but she, she can't pull off what she was doing in orphan in 2008 no. or whenever or 2007 it, it is laughably different how how it's much so older she looks. oh you haven't seen it no I oh, i've no, seen I, it oh, oh i've seen it i've seen it yeah oh okay. I, I, just, okay. I just looked at the back of the cover for some reason the back of the box and it just hit me again like ha- being a year or so removed from the film looking at it thinking yeah what were they oh, thinking wow. yeah yeah terrible it looks it looks so silly when she has to like hug the mom it's like you can tell she's on her knees it's uh okay anyways saw x way long uh I'm, we're, we're still probably gonna it, yeah. do it on the podcast because the other movie is paw patrol and i don't think we're gonna do that one so um what do you think you know, about a two-hour saw film you've asked me i'm gonna throw it back at you do, yeah. can you see a reason oh. why they'd need to be this long no, um, I thought the last two were pretty boring, and I didn't realize they were shorter than two hours, to be honest, because they felt like it was two hours. Um, minutes. Uh, I, lo- I loved the first Saw. Now, I was young. I, you know, I was like, you know, not really into horror movies in 2004. Um, I saw it in theater. I saw that and The Grudge. Like, I was like, wow, this is a resurgence of horror. I had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but I really liked the first Saw. And um, now that I understand writing, a lot better i understand that the first saw is not a twist film it is a pull the rug out from underneath the audience film where it's like you couldn't have solved it there's no way you would have guessed the ending of saw and that's only gets you know compounded as they're like oh but look at all these intricate weavings it's like that just start with that then you know it's like you can't oceans 11 these movies and that's totally what they do it's like you thought you knew but really it's like no 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 no. um because it gets more and more preposterous right like it's like nope and I mean, at what, he dies in like the fourth one and then he's like relevant mm-hmm. for three more. No, it's not. Come on, movies, chill out. Like, so at least Jigsaw and Spiral try to like go past that. Like, okay, well, now it takes on a life of its own. They failed to successfully pull those off. Um, it, they're, they're, and I don't love the, the gore. Like, I don't mind gore, but the torture porn stuff in these movies is a lot so two hours of it is concerning um and i just man i just don't know if you can re rekindle the spark of the first one this feels like a franchise that they should have let go after maybe five and they just keep dragging it back as if it's its own victim you know it's like ah get in the chair it's like i don't want to be in the chair anymore you're in the chair (laughs) and it's it's you know uh, but again i'm gonna see it probably gonna hate it maybe i'll love it who knows? I but uh, I hope so. I really do hope it's great. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're just like, it gives me that same feel. That first one, Carrie Elwes, you know, saw his own foot off. Like, um, also, how, just to give an indication of how much I have changed as a film viewer, no clue who Carrie Elwes was when I saw Saw. Like, I'd no. seen him in tons of things, did not register that I'd seen him ever before. Um, 
and uh, I'm, I'm still not sure. Am I saying his, his last name is Ellis, right? Like I'm yes, not making yeah, Carrie Ellis. Okay, because for a long time I definitely had no clue to how to say that guy's name. Like it's Carrie Ules. Ules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, long time has changed. Like right now, I'm like, how did I not know who that was? Like I'd seen Princess Bride. I saw Liar Liar. He's he's the obnoxious stepdad in Liar Liar. Like how did I not Being make that connection? Um. You almost there's got to be like a fan made version where like Saw is like liar liar. He's like Jim Carrey's character snapped and he wants to get rid of the stepdad. You know, <laughs> probably be better than Saw X. I haven't um, even seen yeah. the film. So apparently, Spiral is the prequel to Saw X. So there's your chronological chrono- chronology there. I don't know how that works. Yeah, but apparently, um, prequel Spiral. It says on that's Google. What Google's telling me. So it's all it's all chaos. Uh, anyways, Matt. What was your headline? Because I think we've over-talked Saw. We're going to have to talk about it soon enough. Yeah, before, uh, before just after the Exorcist Believer blows our socks off, we're going to be talking about Saw X. Um, but my one, JB, talking about films which are all, which are going to be far too long. Uh, the trailer today, in fact, for Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon has dropped. In fact, it's the official teaser trailer, which clocks in just shy of four minutes. Which, if you want to sum up Zack Snyder, God bless his soul, that is a Zack Snyder teaser. is four minutes long. Uh, so the brief rundown of what this is, Rebel Moon was um, famously slash infamously Zack Snyder's Star Wars pitch, which he apparently pitched to Lucasfilm, and they said no. You know, what, why? I, there, there are probably people out there who will tell me. I haven't really looked into it too much, but it was it was pitched to Lucasfilm. It never got picked up. But Zack Snyder, in amongst doing Justice League and um, the other Netflix films he's been doing, which we mentioned off air, Army of the Dead and the one about the clock and the heists, which weren't actually that bad. Um, and just to preface, I'm not a Zack Snyder hater. I don't hate Zack Snyder whatsoever. I don't like the cult that has become of him. But yeah, and he does play into that. Let's not pretend he doesn't. But I've got nothing against Zack Snyder, so I'm not going to bash him. But um, yeah, so yeah, he's been working on Netflix a lot. Rebel Moon now is his big budget space opera fantasy sci-fi epic, which we all know is going to be about three hours long each film. But um, it's coming out in. Uh, well, we've we've been given the news that there's actually two parts, which is why I say it's going to be very, very long. Uh, the first part is called Rebel Moon, uh, A Child of Fire, which comes out on December the 22nd, 2023. So, you know, it's a wonderful life can wait. We're going to watch Rebel Moon. And then six months later, on April the 19th, 2024, we're getting Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scargiver. Now, The Scargiver is the name given to Sophia Butella's character, who appears to be the lead in this film uh good cast i'll say that right now before i mention the trailer you've got sophia butella jimon hunsau charlie hunnam um, um i was called michael michelle hoisman uh, ray fisher um back with Zack snyder anthony hopkins jenna malone uh i do like jenna, jenna malone in most things carrie always is also in yep. this as well um weird so and cory style so there's, there's you know there's a solid cast here uh so the trailer's been released it's four minutes long and i mean it it, it looks like a Zack Snyder film. And in that, I mean, it, it looks equal parts epic, equal parts a bit trashy, uh, some great shots. I'll say that right now. But the colour palette, again, just feels very muted. Even in its most spectacular, it still feels very bland. And the feeling I'm getting from Rebel Moon is it's going to be a fairly generic offering. And 
again, I'm going based off the trailer, which immediately, of course, you're going to get Star Wars vibes, but there are clear nods to Dune. There's clear nods to Harry Potter as well, believe it or not, the Potterverse with certain creatures that appear. Um, and he kind of taken elements of all of those and put it into a blender. And it's come out of what seems to be a fairly, yeah, a, a pretty good looking, but overall fairly generic in terms of the story film. Um, it's not the worst trailer I've seen all year, but when you think you've got a Gareth Edwards film, the creator coming out in September, which has a very similar vibe. Um, again, he has obviously directed a star war and the creator looks like it could be the spiritual cousin to Rogue one. Um, that looks fantastic. You know, I saw the trailer again, the other yesterday on the IMAX screen and it looks amazing. You know, it looks fantastic because it looks like they're focusing mm. on the characters and the spectacle, but characters coming first here. I don't get that. I get, we're going for Epic. We're going for explosions. We're going for the cool spaceships. We're going for blaster fights. I feel like the characters are going to get left behind here. I don't think we're going to get our new Han, Luke and Leia from these characters here or our new, uh, Paul Atreides or whoever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wasn't blown away by the trailer. I wanted to be, I'm not going to lie, John. I wanted a, I want an epic space opera to win. You know, I want these films to do well, whoever's directing. Yeah. Uh, cause I like, I just, you know, it may not be my favorite genre despite my love for star Wars, but you know, I wanted this to do well. Uh, but, from what i've seen so far it hasn't particularly won me over but time will tell we've only got a few months have you had a chance to peruse a trailer or any of the images for this i have not seen the trailer yet i am going to be watching it for sure um i i'm uh, i really like sophia batella uh and i've been waiting for her to come back because it feels like it's been a minute since i've seen her in something she's been in a lot of like little indie like straight to dvd type movies um, I saw the one she did with Nick Cage, uh, uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, which is a wild B movie. Yeah, that was something um, that was. Um, so I, I really hope this clicks because it would be cool for her to get. She's a she's a really awesome screen presence. You know, yeah. like in Kingsman, she's Ghost, incredible, yeah. and uh, even in in Star Trek Beyond, when she's like you know white alien makeup, like she's still like is right there. Like you're like, man, she's good. She does. And, you know, putting her in the lead of this type of sci-fi thing sounds exciting. Um, I, I, but yeah, like I also, I'm wondering, I, I had some, one of my criticisms of Dune, the Villeneuve one, uh, was that it does it compared to the David Lynch version, which is the only other understanding of Dune that I have. I've not read the books. I haven't seen the TV series. I haven't done anything else with it. I've only seen the two movies is, I Kyle McLaughlin's Atreus uh, Atreides felt empowered by his role. Like he, it to me, he felt like he was like, I am the chosen one. I will lead my people. And Chalamet in part one, and that is important to indicate that of course yeah. Lynch's Dune is the whole story. He felt more modern, like kind of like the weight of it in a in a way that I think is reflective of of our. Uh, I was saying it's the hero's burden instead of the hero's journey. It's evolved yeah. to be this negative thing. And Snyder kind of ushered that in, in a, in a real flat way, right? Like the Watchmen, which has that built into it anyways, but he, his take on it is real, real dour, right? It's yeah, all very. negative. His take on Superman, his take on Batman have all been just this burden of like being a hero and, or, or having these powers. And, is that what, because when you watch 
the original Star Wars trilogy. Luke is so excited to be a hero and yet manages to still have that nuance of like, well, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do what it takes. To say, yeah. Yes. And there's a joy in, I mean, it's called a new hope for the love of goodness. Like it's there. It, there's a hope. Like we see hope. There's, there's horror, there's fear, but there's hope. And I don't know if Snyder can bring that. And so is this just going to be like, everything's terrible. Everything sucks. Blow it up kind of vibe. And maybe we're, we're currently in need of hope, you know? So if, if he hasn't evolved as a filmmaker and given like, I don't know much about Snyder personal life, but we know that he stepped away from justice league because of some family stuff. Yes. It didn't sound good. So if he was already super negative before the, the, that stuff you know i guess army of the dead has some fun but it's still like really dark like if i've, I've forgotten a lot of that movie but I, i'm remembering batista's character storyline it's a really dark storyline yeah i mean zach's not he stepped away from directing justice league because his child passed away obviously very mm-hmm. very sad tragic um turn of events and which people do seem to forget when they when they sort of crap on Zack Snyder, oh, you yeah. turned your back on this and you came back to give us your, your justice league, which I do think is, you know, a, a substantially much, better, much better than what Joss Whedon ever managed to give us. But yeah, I'm the dead. Yeah. I, I think you could see some of that bleed into obviously his work, which is going to let's, you know, it's, it's not something yeah. which you can brush off. And I'm with your dead is, I'm with your dead is a colorful film in terms of, uh, yeah. it, certainly it's marketing, but there is also that there is also that underlying, Kind of almost cynicism, I guess, that Snyder has and that yes. uh, grunginess that he brings. Whereas the Arm- Army yep. of Thieves was the prequel. That was um, that was actually di- that was directed by Matthias um, Schweighofer, and Zack Snyder wrote the story for that. But that was a lot more um, uh, almost Guy Ritchie esque that one in comparison. Uh, so they, you know, there are signs that Zack Snyder is, you know, it's not going to he can, but you know, he will step out of that um, way of filmmaking, but. At the same time, you know, there, there is this kind of, uh, you know, army of fans he has, legion of fans who yeah. worship everything he does, which, fair enough, lots of filmmakers and, and talent have that. So, you know, he's to, he can quite happily preach to his choir and give them what they want because he's he obviously excels to, to himself anyway at doing these big kind of dark epics. And I, from what I'm reading, Rebel Moon is probably going to be a PG-13, but there is going to be... Um, it is so it's a PG 13 part one and two are, and both of them are receiving an extended R rated cut as well. So even in these films, he's still having to, you know, give us that darker, more mature, um, story that people want. And there are, there are people who want that fair enough. It isn't yeah. always for me because it, it needs to be a little bit of nuance to it, but, um, yeah, I don't know if this is, I don't know if rebel moon is going to break the funk and give us something, inspiring i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a bit of a, a trudge for me but i want to be proven wrong i, I do yeah uh I, yeah i hope it's good yeah well there we go so saw x is going to be too long and rebel moon we pray it's going to be any good at all because that's our christmas viewing this year um but talking about viewing we're going to move on to our next segment which is media consumption where we talk about the films tv shows video games music podcasts which aren't ours Anything we've used to pass the time since our last recording. JB, what have you been checking out in the last week? As always, listen to the new episode of Blank Check. Uh, I have now seen all of Park Chan-wook's 
films except for his first two that are really hard to get. Uh, they were never released in America, and he generally disowns them. Um, so I gave up trying. But I've seen all of his other films, and um, uh, the, I still have a couple episodes left before we're done. I think next week is The Handmaiden, so this past one was uh, Stoker, um, which I had not seen. It's the only American film he's made. Um, I liked it. It's it's definitely, uh, as a lot of his films get Hitchcock vibes because he really loves Hitchcock. I really love Hitchcock, so a lot of his movies work for me partly because of that. So um, mm-hmm. okay. I watched on Hulu, uh, Smoking Causes Cancer. No, sorry, that's wrong. Smoking but Causes Coughing. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, sorry, it's not wrong. Smoking does cause cancer, but the movie is called Smoking Causes Coughing. Um, I don't know. I always forget the director's name, but he directed Quentin Depew. Yeah, um, I've seen too many of his movies. Sean loves this guy, and I have a mixed feeling about him. Uh, You can't deny he has a unique voice. Um, This movie is, it did work for me. I I liked it. It's weird. Uh, No going in, it's very weird, as all of his films are. None of his films are. A film about a tire. Yes, rubber is a killer tire. Um, uh, But Smoking Causes Coughing, interesting. It's got some inspiration from like power rangers type stuff which is what like a lot of that really worked for me it's not the focus of the film and yet it is the focus of the film it's a very unique narrative which again everything he does is is kind of whatever he wants and you gotta admire that if nothing else um because again it's not it doesn't feel inherently random either like it feels like he's working through stuff and so if you if you can get on his wavelength it's it's entertaining (laughs) um finally watch velvet goldmine a film okay. that's been on my radar for a yeah. long time. Um, dude, I didn't know Bale was in it. Like I knew yeah, Ewan man. McGregor was in it. Um, and then I get, yeah, Tony Collette, young Tony Collette. Um, yeah. I get there and uh, I see Bale. I'm like, oh, 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 I had no clue. Uh, I really, I like it. I don't think it's like, it's not one of my favorite movies, but I do like it a lot. And obviously you see the David Bowie comparison stuff. Um, I'm glad I watched it after having watched the, uh, the Moon Age Dream or whatever yeah, that yeah, yeah. David Bowie duck is. Because I, I, don't think I knew a lot. Like I was too young when Bowie was at his peak. And then I never really dove into Bowie's life until m- the last few years. Um, and kind of realized how you know important and significant he is as a figure in both yeah, music, yeah. but also pop culture in general. Huge. Um, like I was always aware of him. I knew like he's, he was too big for me not to know of him. I just never got into him. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm glad I waited to watch this until I had a bigger appreciation of what it was referencing. Um, even though it's not a direct reference, it's very, anyone who knows anything about David Bowie, it's, it's very clearly referencing David Bowie. Um, I mean, have you heard of, I don't even know how to say the name of this movie. I think it's Piaf. Piaf. Uh, I've heard of it because it was in my inbox um, or at least it's offered. And uh, it was during my kind of two week downtime when I was chilling out. So I've heard of it. So- haven't watched it. It's also weird. Um, there's some good, there's some very good stuff in it. There's some scenes that are very uncomfortable. I, I don't recommend it for casual audiences. Um, but um, it's one of those films though that really stays, it stays with you. It's hard not to keep thinking about what it's saying or what its implications okay. are. Um, so it did go up even on my ratings. Originally I was like, this is for me, it's like three star. And then like, as I kept thinking about it and its style and its visuals, um, I'm like, okay, it's it's a four star. Like, it's it's too unique to ignore. Um, did you get a screener, or did you see this in theaters? I got a screener. You yeah, a um, I don't. I it would not play anywhere near me. I'd have to drive <laughs> a distance. Uh, it's not the type of movie to get okay. that kind of a, a wide release. Um, 
but uh, it is about a Foley artist, and that really clicks for me because it's movie related. So yeah, but um, and then I watched a, a film about a week ago called Scrapper. Um, okay. Uh, it it has like uh, Florida Project kind of vibes. Um, uh, the actress is brand new. She she is cast for this role. She almost backed out because she was having like, anxiety about doing it, and um, I I I liked it a lot. I thought it really it. It was funny. Um, Matt, you and I were on the minority opinion of After Sun. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I know it, it was a lot of people's film of the year or, you know, yeah. best picture. And we, 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 we weren't quite on that train. It's one of those things where I'm like, what is it about this film that clicked for so many people that just isn't clicking for me? Because it, it felt that and Scrapper definitely. Fun. Yeah, Scrapper definitely is, is a similar vibe to that, except it has a little bit more humor which I think worked for me a lot more. Um, and it also has a lot of, um, I, I'm going to say Mariel Heller, uh, like uh, Won't You Be okay. My Neighbor or um, teen, uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, where she she kind of integrates um, like a surrealist element to this very grounded real real story. And I like that part of Scrapper a lot. The, like those scenes really like connected to me. And I, I was just way more into it than I was after Sun. Um, I don't know for sure why, but it definitely clicked more for me. Uh, and again, not to, I keep bringing up after sun in relation to this film, but I don't know how else to like, that's what I'm the most reminded of. And like, I'm like, I, I preferred scrapper. I know everyone else preferred after some, but for me, scrapper is more my, my, uh, my style. So, uh, it just clicked, but, um, and then since seeing mutant mayhem, I am a bit turtles obsessed. Yes. Um, so, uh, David and I both have purchased, um, the Cowabunga collection for the PS five, because it went on sale for 20 bucks. Um, oh, the disc version too. Like it was like 23 on for the digital. It was 20 for the disc. I'm like, well, I'm going to get the disc. Cause that's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, it's basically all of the old turtle games. It's like the, the NES games, the super NES games, the Sega games, the arcade games, like back in the day, like the turtles in time, all of that. It's the game boy game. I think even like is on there. Um, hey, and yes, I don't always enjoy those retro games because a lot of them were never designed to be beaten. Uh, but at the same time, and when they do these kind of uh, retro re-releases, they make them beatable because you can rewind when things go wrong or you can like save and load, which you couldn't do in the old games. Like you just had to start over. Yeah. Um, so it makes it a game that used to feel impossible, be possible to actually like get all the way through. And again, you're playing as turtles and having a good time. So it's, it's a lot of fun um, as you know, especially for 20 bucks, you get all these games and uh, they have a bunch of like Easter egg stuff too. Like all of the boxes from the games, you can actually like, you have like a virtual room where you have all the boxes, you have the instruction manuals from all the things. So like stuff like that for like hardcore video game collectors and stuff, it's pretty cool virtual version of that. So uh, if you, if you can find it for 20 bucks, I definitely recommend uh, I'd very much like to find that for twenty bucks or fifteen pounds over here. I used to love playing those side-scrolling arcade games as a kid. Um, yep. Turtles in Time, whatever it was, re- uh, it was called or rebranded as. But yeah, that's what I remember playing. And Scrapper, I believe, without checking, uh, which I probably should have done. I think that comes out at the end of this recording week uh, in the UK. Um, so uh, I-, I will try and grab that at some point. Check it out in the next few weeks, um, though I imagine it won't have a particularly long theatrical window so i'll check it out in the next week or two uh, and pr- i have a feeling i'll probably be falling on your side of the fence in terms of which which of the two films that you mentioned this one and after sun f- kind of fits more into my theme after sun was you know it should have been a, a killer hit for both of us but 
didn't quite work out, but maybe Scrapper will for me, but it certainly did for you by the sounds of it. Um, interesting collection of films there, by the way, JB. Um, yeah. my, my week, um, haven't listened to any pods really. Uh, I've just been listening to audio books. I listen to Star Wars ones on my commute because it gets me through the long drives back and forward to, uh, collecting my little one. Um, and, the so what i've been I, so in amongst i've been listening to music i've been re-listening to mitski again i really like mitski uh, i'm sure most people more may have heard of her uh probably should have done um i've always enjoyed it but i kind of fell off the wagon a bit and then i found out that she has a new album coming out next month so i went back and listened to uh some of her older stuff again and realized how much i enjoyed that kind of lo-fi indie punk pop mystery core music that that she did um really very much enjoyed getting back into mitski uh, in terms of films i've seen two other than blue beetle and they have both been substantially better um sorry blue beetle i saw the blackening which um, i've been wanting to mm. see for a while i know it's been getting good reviews from yourself uh, i think even big tuna didn't hate it which is saying something oh no i liked it yeah you know he did yep um and i was hoping to see it at uh, Tribeca, maybe fantasia one of the two uh, but it was in person only at both events. It was fine. There was a, a an advanced type screening at Cineworld uh, recently. So I saw that and I had a blast of it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I thought it would be because the trailer, I sometimes wonder that they're going to throw all the best strokes in the trailer and you know, miss out some of them. They did. But uh, uh, this is the kind of horror comedy I, I enjoy. Um, so the blackening without going into too many spoilers in for that one. Uh, I did enjoy that one an awful lot. And I also managed to catch an early showing of Past Lives as well, the A24 flick. Uh, John, I know you've seen this. What were your thoughts on this one? Oh, man, I had, I'm had. i like, okay, I definitely saw it. What was that? And now I just remember. Um, I really liked it a lot, actually. Um, I, it, it, it reminded me of almost like a uh, truncated before Damn trilogy. Right. like, um, And... Uh, I, I do I like there's so many interesting visuals in that film um like the, the like we're having a zoom conversation or a FaceTime conversation and how the filmmaker chooses to show it is really interesting because it, it I don't know she deviates the standard like shot reverse shot for it and uh lets things linger it, it's it's such a well controlled film um the pacing some people might feel like it's slow for me, it just felt so deliberate and so intentional as part of the sitting with these two characters and kind of lo- learning their their history, and it really, really clicked uh, in a lot of ways for me. Yeah, I knew you. I, I knew, remember you'd seen it, but I couldn't remember what you thought about it. Um, yeah, I caught this. It's a new film from Celine Song. I think it may be the best film I've seen all year. Uh, I I loved this film. It really, really, good, you know, the the before comparisons. It's like a it's like the anti before trilogy in terms of in the before trilogy it's about choices. It's about uh, opportunities that you, you took that, you know, the, the decisions that you, you acted upon, whereas past lives is obviously the, the opposite. It's almost like a, you know, it, it, it's coming to terms with the choices you didn't make. And yeah, God damn, does it end on such a powerful note? Oh, dude, it's an incredible final third and, and, and yeah. the final sequence as well. That, is you know, a big one it is unbelievable and nearly the, the celine song takes a time to build up the characters of nora and Sung, who are our two um main characters and john magaro's arthur as well um yeah you, you you really get time to spend you understand what's going on you, you 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 get to really kind of feel for them you get to bond with them and you 
kind of get suckered into, I know where this is going to go. But then the film t- kind of decides, no, this we're, we're, we're going to tell a film about real life here. And we're going to talk about what would actually happen in a situation like this, probably. And it's written so well, and it's presented, like you said, there's so many interesting shots in this, and the uh, the way that it's the, the 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 shots themselves are framed, let alone the story, is so interesting and so appealing, and really helps to convey the message on screen, um, which is done in um, in the in, in English. And also in in Korean as well, they they really flip between the mm, two so yeah. very well. And you know, I don't want to give too much away about the film, but I'm I'm leaning towards this at the minute. This could be, I think, it's going to dethrone Spider Verse because by wow. the end of this, I was uh, I don't know. There's, there's a there's, there's a certain relatability to it, and um, I think you also you also take away you know what you put into a film like this. And I was like, God damn, this is powerful stuff, man. Um, so I think this is going to be number one as of now. By the end of the year, Saw X may have taken its place. Who knows? Oh but, yeah. Uh, so yeah, past lives. Uh, I really, really like that. I will say, I don't think I know it's getting a lot of praise in a minute. It, it, there will be people who it just doesn't work for that. That that I respect that completely. And um, I also saw the first two episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka, the new uh, series coming to Disney Plus. Uh, we were given the chance to attend a screening in London, which I'll mention shortly, but um, the embargo is actually up in terms of the, the main, the kind of review embargo is up. So I can say what I thought about the show. It comes out in about three hours for you as of recording. But uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 and I say this as someone who, yes, I do. We do Star Wars sessions, but I think it's a very, very good show. It takes its time to, surprisingly with Dave Filoni in charge, I thought it was going to be kind of a bit of like whiz bang wallop, but it's it's very slow. It's very as in it's it's deliberately paced. It doesn't always work. I'll say that right now. Sometimes you do think I need a bit more from certainly our lead character in those in the first potentially the first episode of the first half. I need a little bit more from you here, but I know I can see what you're going for, pathos and gravitas. Um, but you, you know you want lightsaber fights, you're going to get them. You want visuals that look better than Obi Wan. I'm sorry to keep crapping on that show. You're going to get them. Uh, you. Uh, you do kind of need a base knowledge level knowledge of star wars rebels you do kind of need that but you can go on youtube and get a 10 minute rundown on that but the show does do a pretty good job of letting you know what's going on we went with somebody who is a casual fan of star wars that hadn't seen rebels and we asked them afterwards you know did did you get what was going on did you understand the references and they said yeah it was explained well enough and early enough so i knew what was going on um Mm. And that, and that 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 was the most important thing, I think. But there is, it does fall into kind of exposition exposition heavy, even if it isn't like dumps of text, dumps of dialogue. That the first episode and second really kind of do exist to let's set up the world, let's set up the characters, let's catch people up on the these characters if you haven't seen that particular series. Whereas now, I hope episodes three to eight now become its own thing because it sets up enough interesting threads. But it, it, there's a, there's plenty there, which you've, you know the tropes are there, and I mean that in a positive way and a negative way. You know, you you want certain things, you're going to get it. Um, and uh, yeah, the boss, the music is fantastic. Actually, the music is really very good. But yeah, a, f- a few gripes as I, as I do have with most things, which I think is becoming a problem with modern Star Wars. One one of the main kind of MacGuffin esque type things is 
pretty much taken from the force awakens and the rise of skywalker and i kind of wish that they'd gone a different direction but they 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 feloni who show runs and directs a lot of it and wrote the whole thing is a little bit more careful when explaining why the MacGuffin is what it is rather than how episode seven and nine did it um but no it's good it's good I, i'm intrigued to see what comes after the, what, what comes next i hope they start going down their own path but i think the villains in this show as of it very very good best villains we've had in a tv series so far um because they they mean business and have and they show in the first two episodes they'll get the job done you know there's there's, there's no messing about and i quite enjoy that um but yeah hopefully it's good it also has the potential i'll say it now it does have the potential to potentially fall apart if 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 if, if they cho- if the story chooses to go down one one or two particular ways it can crumble under its own weight but We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't, JB. But is that a show that you're at all bothered by? I don't know yet. Um, you know, I, I I didn't watch Clone Wars. I haven't watched Rebels. Um, it's been on... Uh, Rebels, I wanted to watch more so than Clone Wars. I tried Clone Wars multiple times. It, it felt dense, and it, I never liked the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just never... Like, it never could pull me in, despite multiple efforts. And I even tried just jumping into specific episodes, and I just... Yeah. It's, not, it's not there. Um, my love of Star Wars has definitely uh, faltered. Um, I, there's a lot of things I still love about Star Wars, but I, I, much like superhero fatigue, Star Wars fatigue set in because it was like all this hype and then let down, all this hype and then let down, all this like it's superhero fatigue is not even that. It's just like there's so much of it. Yes. Um, the Star Wars letdowns have been massive. Like when I've been disappointed, I've been disappointed, and um, I I I am. I can't deny that like the trailers made me excited. I am a big fan of um, Rosaria Dawson and I liked her in Mandalorian. Um, you know, when she, what, she wasn't Mandalorian, right? Not Boba Fett yeah, or was it, it the other way around? In uh, both. Yeah. In both. Obviously. Yeah, okay. Smaller role. Let's, let's also remember that yes. now she's got to lead this thing. And uh, uh, what I've known of the character, which is again, little because I, I haven't seen, I did see the clone wars movie, but I only saw it once. So I don't remember it That's at all. Awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm familiar with her. I obviously don't have the connection that I would have if I'd watched all the Clone Wars or if I'd watched uh, all of Rebels. Um, so there's like that, there is that level of separation. But, you know, I was really late to Andor and I loved Andor. So I don't, I might hold off, let, let a few episodes drop before I dive into this. Um, I've been keeping one up. and two drop on premiere day. So as is, to, as is seemingly the way, the first two drop, yeah. there's two waiting for you. And how many uh, is the series going to be? Uh, Eight, so okay, twenty five percent of it drops in one day. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still like, I gotta also admit, having not read much, but I played the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game for like way too long. I, mm-hmm. I played it for like a solid five years or something. Um, I had a lot of the characters who I like. I would kind of have to read like fandoms. I'm like, why do I have this character? Uh, Thrawn is a character who I'm very intrigued by, and the fact mm-hmm. that he's supposed to show up in this. I yeah. think is as alluring to me as Ahsoka herself. So Lars Mikkelsen is who voiced him in rebels is now playing him in live action. And Lars Mikkelsen's a very, very talented, accomplished actor. So that excites me. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm probably going to catch it. Yep. So uh, if you do, hopefully you enjoy it. If it, JB, if you ever need any kind of law dumps or who's this guy, you know who to come to of this course. geek yeah. right here. But, uh, well, but again, as much as I'm a huge fan of the whole thing in general, there is a chance that this will not work, but it, it will. Let's see how the next few episodes go. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be 
one of the better series so far. But uh, who knows? Nice. But it may be bloody awesome. May not be. I know some someone who is. You are. So am I. That's why we do the bloody awesome movie podcast. And of course, to do that, we have to stay bloody awesome each week. JB, how have you been doing so? Uh, as I do every few months, I decided to mix up my workout routine. Um, I've been doing a three day a week uh, full body like strength training. Um, I wanted to make it back to four times to the gym. So I decided to mix it up and I'm going uh, splits like upper body, lower body. Um, I'm two days into the four day workout routine. Today is my rest day. Uh, and I got to say, I've, I've seen a lot of increase both from the full body strength and, and now this, um, I'm pushing myself a little more safely because I am always afraid of hurting myself because I don't want to fall where I can't exercise. Um, but I also like, I want to, I've been working out for a, a few years now. I should be getting stronger and I don't, I feel like I've been pretty stagnant with like my weights and whatnot. So I've really been pushing myself and, um, doing more of the, like, that, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm using the Smith. We only have a Smith machine at my gym, so I don't have like a traditional bench press, which kind of works better for me. Cause I am, uh, I, I don't like asking people who I don't know to spot me. So the Smith machine takes a little bit of the pressure off, but I've seen an increase in my bench. I've seen an increase, um, in my squats and, uh, stuff like that. So it's, it, the new routine I'm sore right now. I'm sitting here full body sore, even though it's like Sunday, I did uh, upper body yesterday. I did legs and I am now on my rest day going, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, in, in a good way, like I'm not in pain, I'm not hurt, but I'm definitely like, I've worked my muscles. Like I feel it everywhere. So a uh, new workout routine I'm very happy with and, you know, continuing going to the gym and still enjoying it, which is the key, right? Like you got to like what you're, how you're exercising. And I, I like strength training. I think a lot more than I realized, um, like, I don't want to do it like competitively or anything like that, but I do like, uh, it feels good to like see progress, you know? Yeah, you're not selling it to me on the pain side of it, though. So one thing I always <laughs> hate about the gym is the rest day isn't a rest day. It's a, it's a massive recovery day. But uh, I'm yeah. aiming to go back at the weekend, JB, to be like Burke. But um, let's see. But no, mi mix it up, JB. If it becomes monotonous, it becomes stale, you know what happened. You're just not going to bother doing it. So good on you, my yeah. friend. Um, well, to be honest, my, my bloody awesome was going to the fan event, the, the multimedia fan event with, with Ahsoka. I mean, but I've just kind of explained that it was fun went with uh yeah. obviously with sessions co-host luke went to my brother sean and uh, and the sessions videographer slash editor charlie and we went together and it was great fun um got to see it on the biggest screen in the uk in the imax at waterloo in london um and yeah had, had, had a fun time then went out one out afterwards grabbed a grabbed a rum and coke and spoke about what we didn't didn't enjoy about it but other than that uh I've had a very busy weekend, John. But I, uh, you've probably see, you've seen on the socials. I I went on a I went on a boat with my with my daughter, my seven year old. We went on a boat, and I and, and she's steering us up and down the river. And then as soon as I touched the wheel, the engine conked out, and we had to be towed back to <laughs> towed back to the start after half an hour. But I got all of my money back, which is very oh, kind man. of them. Uh, but that, that was, was fun. Uh, went went down to the beach. Went to the uh, beach in uh, Bournemouth, down south in London, UK. Very hot weather enjoyed that did all the things you do you get donuts you get all the other stuff you get wet in the sea you get covered in sand i understand anakin skywalker completely now um that was an awful lot of fun and then went went alien hunting again on sunday as well the story being that the the local kind of uh natural area near me is where hg world sets war of the worlds that's oh. where the martians landed in this particular patch of the world it's three minutes around the corner from where i live uh in the sand pits there and um, if you listen to the book, which I think Richard Burton narrates so fabulously, 
they it's set in Horsell Common. They describe it, and the film, the Spielberg film, was originally mooted to be, or at least some of it, be shot in that original location. And then they decided, do you know what? We actually need to do this, and we need to do it in in America or in California or wherever they did it, because that's what will make it more authentic. And to be honest, I actually really like the War of the Worlds film, apart from the cop out at the ending, the Spielberg ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically, staying bloody awesome, actually, but I had a really busy weekend with my, my little one, busier than I thought it was going to be. I was wiped out, as John will know. Jo- John will send a message and he won't hear from me for like nine hours. Some of that is because I'm just recuperating. I was absolutely zonked, but um, so it's been a busy few days. But so staying bloody awesome by actually being very social and seeing one fine film and two very good films. So all in all, not a bad there time, John. Not at all. No. That's all we can do. It is. Uh, maybe next week's film will provide us with even more joy. We'll see. Uh, if you feel the need for speed, we're going to be talking about Gran Turismo next week, the new film from uh, Neil Blomkamp. Uh, I've already seen it. Uh, have you seen it yet, John? I have not. It doesn't come to my theater until this weekend. I missed it. It was a mystery movie um, a couple of weeks ago, and I did, gotcha. it was one of the first ones I didn't go to. And then... Uh, uh, so and then it it got Sony like delayed the release in a weird like staggered way like they did s- some theaters and then they did a few more and it's expanding out full this weekend. Uh, so I will see it this weekend. There we go. So Gran Turismo is our film for next week. But in the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Blue Beetle. I had to think of the film then or any of the films that we've mentioned or series that we've mentioned on this episode. And if you want to do that, you can find us on the interwebs, online, on Twitter, or X, where is Twitter, at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. JB, where are we on Instagram and threads? Uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Yes, uh, on Facebook, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Uh, I think we'll be on Blue Sky as well soon, the Twitter-adjacent thing, but... Uh, we'll sort that one out uh just another social media which hasn't quite taken off yet um check out the tomato meter in the next day or two because we will be contributing to the blue beetle score so maybe it'll go up from its current place of 76 maybe it'll go down we'll fight about that one off air um but if you want to follow us individually you can follow me at what i watch tonight.co.uk and across all the socials including letterbox just find what i watch tonight jb whereabouts are you at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms yes sir and if you uh, like what we're doing here and we really hope you do because we do uh, please do uh, give us a five star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice because it helps the show grow still it gets more listeners in it gets us up the listening lists and it's another way for us to hear from more of you each and every week but with that guys as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies blood 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 bloody blood 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 bl